Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Racer Report Live. We're at the Hot Pound Brew Pub in Murray. Every Monday at noon, you can be part of our live audience, and then the show will air at 6 p.m. on Froggy 103.7, and then, of course, live forever over at uh, Racers Podcast Central on GoRacers.com. I'm Jeff Bidwell. My normal tag team partner, Dave Winder, called into baseball announcing duties today, so uh, no racer, Dave. Uh, My condolences to the crowd here uh, today. uh, Last weekend, we had one of the great weekends of Murray State basketball. This weekend, not nearly as much fun as uh, the women on Thursday night lost a late league to Drake, 81-75, and then on Saturday lost another late lead to Northern Iowa, 89-87. Uh, so we will get a chance to talk with Rochelle Turner coming up here in a few minutes. For the men on Wednesday, of course, they beat Missouri State at home, 82-72. And then yesterday in Des Moines, uh, I was just glad we had a charter plane to get home fast instead of having to take a nine-hour bus ride uh, after 95-72. Racers uh, lose to the Bulldogs in Des Moines. Steve Prohm will be here with us uh, in just a little bit. We'll also talk with new head football coach Jody Wright. He'll be with us to talk about uh, signing day, new racers he's added to the rosters, as well as he appears to have completed his coaching staff as well. So we'll talk to Coach Wright now that he's about a month into his uh, head coaching duties here at Murray State. Your McBee Heating and Air hot topic of the week brought to you by McBee Heating and Air, your authorized Ream Pro partner. Spring sports are underway and last week spring was here. Uh, Winter seems like it's poking its head back in but we've got some baseball and some softball uh, as we speak here this afternoon. The baseball team is in action against Purdue Fort Wayne. They've started the year 2-0 after uh, beating the Mastodons 11-1 and 17-2. Here in the last couple of days, game three of that series again being played right now. And then the racers will head to SEMO tomorrow and then head for uh, warmer territory this weekend when they will play down in Louisiana Monroe for a weekend series. Softball started their season on February the 9th. They finished off the Chattanooga Classic yesterday with a 3-1 win over Jacksonville State. And then starting this Friday... Uh, The Racer softball team will host the Velvet Milkman Classic at Racer Field. Murray State will play five games in three days, two on Friday, two Saturday, uh, and then one Sunday. So hopefully we'll have some nice weather uh, so everybody can get out there and watch the softball team uh, play in that Velvet Milkman Classic. That is your McBee Heating and Air Hot Topic of the Week, brought to you by McBee Heating and Air, your authorized Ream Pro partner. When we come back, we will talk with the head coach of the Murray State Men's basketball team, Steve Prohm, as we'll look back at uh, a disappointing Sunday in Des Moines, but also start looking ahead to a massive week as we down to the final two weeks of the regular season in the Missouri Valley Conference, and that starts on Wednesday with a trip to Carbondale to take on Southern Illinois. So we'll talk with Coach Prohm. When we come back, you're listening to the Racer Report live from the Hot Pound Brew Pub in Murray. Welcome back to the Racer Report live. From the Hot Pound Brew Pub in Murray, Jeff Bidwell, joined now by Murray State head coach Steve Prohm. Uh, one and one last week, uh, the win over Missouri State uh, on Wednesday, and then uh, yesterday a, a long afternoon uh, in Des Moines against an incredible basketball team in Drake that obviously played uh, played very, very well yesterday. Had a chance to go back sure, and look at the film. What was sort of your grand takeaway from yesterday? Well, Drake's good. Uh, you know, it's a great environment. Um, you know, we've played well on the road all season long uh, on the, you know, in-conference play. I think we have, 
in my conference call this morning. Uh, I think we're third in the league in most road wins. I think we're behind Drake and Indiana State. And so I thought we'd play well, um, and obviously we didn't. Um, and I think sometimes when you put so much preparation in and, and when teams have a so-called star player like they do with Tucker DeVries, uh, you can kind of get away a little bit from what you do well. And um, I think just uh, if we had to do it over again, um, not that you're saying you're going to make less emphasis on Tucker, but uh, placing things a little bit more straight up. And I thought we got I thought we got in, in some rotations, and, and obviously the three-point line really, really bothered us. But, you know, we just weren't very good at the end of the floor. And then, you know, kind of uh, not like us. You know, we turned the ball over in the first half eight times. We'll turn it over seven, eight for a, for a game, for a whole game. So uh, that led to some easy baskets. Um, but 17 threes. Um, they play at a really, really good pace. They really share the ball, and they put guys out there, multiple guys out there that can really spread you out. And um, and then Tucker, you know, he's so efficient in how he approaches the game, basketball IQ. Uh, but a lot of guys were really good for them yesterday. And, um, you know, we got to bounce back because, um, you know, we, we knew going down the stretch we have three really tough road games at Drake, at Southern Illinois, and then at Indiana State. And so – um, but I expect to bounce back like we have all year when we've kind of been in that situation and play well on Wednesday in Carbondale. Yesterday sort of had some, some SMU vibes to it where it was just like the other team just throwing them in left and right. And, uh, but what we have seen since SMU was you guys have improved so dramatically defensively that yesterday really is out of character for how you guys have played in, in, the, in the last six, eight weeks. And I know on one hand there's kind of that – man, here we go again, but it's, it's not. You guys have been so good. Do you feel like, has there been some maybe warning signs of, hey, we've got to get some stuff cleaned up, or do you just kind of have to flush this one and go, man, that was a good team that just played incredibly well, and we just got to move on to the next year? No, we, we just got to get back to, to competing better uh, and competing harder. Sometimes you play like, you know, we've had two, two out of the last three weeks, we played three games in seven days, and... And sometimes you, you get away from, from a practice standpoint because you do have guys that are fatigued and trying to take care of their bodies. We've got to get back to just forget about so much scout work and just get back to the two-on-two, the three-on-three, the four-on-four competitive stuff that we've done that I think built us to uh, become a better defensive team. And so, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the, the, the league, there's not a lot of margin for error. Um, and, you know, you've got four games left in the regular season trying to – everybody's jockeying for, for seeds. Uh, we've blown a couple. You know, we all know that. Uh, and now we got to go try to get one back that we gave away earlier in the year. And, I mean, Drake's really good, and they're, they're hitting on all cylinders right now. And, you know, we, we've struggled guarding a three-point line against them, you know, the couple, couple of the times we've played them. Quincy Anderson had 22 points yesterday. I believe 15 of those coming in the second half, and it just—it really felt like when you guys, you know, you're down 19, I guess it was at the half, and you need to, you know, you really want to come out and, and attack those first four or five minutes and, and announce your presence that hey, we're not going away yet. And it just felt like Quincy really shouldered that burden. It felt like for you guys, and really was, if anybody, and we talked yesterday after the game that the fight was good for the team, but it just like felt like Quincy as that senior leader was kind of at another level of doing everything he could to drag you guys to the finish line yeah you know he plays with 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 some aggression and he's got a he's got a strong personality um and you know i think you know he can kind of 
you know, he has fight to him. You know, he has yeah. a competitive edge to him. Um, you know, we got off to a slow start up there. It was 7-2, called timeout. Guys really responded. Um, we got it to 29-23. We missed a layup to go 29-25. The, really, the game was decided, you know, in that 34-26. The last two and a half minutes, we got outscored 14-3. to and, uh, and in the second half, we scored a ton of points. We just, we just couldn't stop them. Right. And, um, I mean, we scored 43 points to where if you score 43 and have a good half defensively, Maybe you do make it a game, uh, but we just we just had no answers for them uh, on that end of the floor. And then, like I said, the first half, uh, you know, we scored a decent amount. We just turned it over too much, yep. and um, they were just they were ready. And it was a big game for them because they're competing for the first first place, and and they were ready and they answered the bell. He's Steve Prohm. We come back. We'll uh, look ahead to Wednesday night's matchup in Carbondale against Southern Illinois, and we will do that next. You're listening to the Racer Report Live from the Hot Pound Brew Pub in Murray. Welcome back to the Racer Report Live at the Hot Pound Brew Pub in Murray. Jeff Bidwell uh, alongside Murray State men's basketball coach Steve Prohm. Heading to Carbondale on Wednesday. Uh, before we get to that, uh, you've had some health injury, uh, health issues here uh, in the last couple of games. Brian Moore hurt his wrist against Belmont uh, three games ago. Uh, has missed the last three games. Uh, it, got a chance to talk to him uh, yesterday, and he sounded like he was trending in the right direction. But is there any prognosis you can you can give on maybe when he might be available to go? I thought you were phrasing that question. I thought you were asking about me. Well, I know. Listen, <laughs> so, the Prome household is its own, yeah. is its own issue right now. We um, could go on for an hour about that. Uh, you know what? Really no update. I think he's supposed to have an MRI Wednesday morning. Uh, that's what Eric told me this morning, and I uh, really don't know anything more than that. Jacoby Wood has, uh, you know, he, he's always been a 36, 38, and, and lately been a 40-minute guy for you. And, and as we've seen, some teams have, have – uh, watch film and felt like the best way to attack him is, is, is pick him up from 94 feet and, and make him have to work uh, for 40 minutes uh, throughout. We're probably going to see that again Wednesday uh, with SIU. Uh, what can you do to try to, to get him uh, some help, I guess, off, offensively and then try to just make things a little easier for him where it's not quite so taxing for the, for the entire time out there? Well, I just we just met as a staff before I came over here, and uh, we're just talking about that, you know, to where, uh, you know, what can we help uh, to ease that uh, pressure a little bit. And so, and sometimes you just got to, you know, when, when uh, you know, I've had teams before and people want to play us like that, we just spread the floor and you just make basketball plays, um, you know, um, and is that something we want to try to do? Um, you know that's one option, and obviously you can relieve some pressure there with some some, some screening in the backcourt and some different things. But when people do that, uh, you're going to start having to just make basketball plays. It's not about fancy offense and what's set. It's about making plays, and then we have to do a great job with our spacing and our ball movement, our shot fakes, and playing off two feet and all that sort of thing. But um, you know, um, you know, maybe we can throw the rent out there a little bit. Um, you know, we're getting late in the year, and we just, you know, we just hadn't put him out there uh, in, in meaningful minutes. Yeah. Uh, but it may be, um, you know, maybe he can he can help a little bit in that area. Uh, we really don't have another uh, kind of ball guard or point guard uh, from that standpoint that just can relieve that that kind of pressure right now with with Brian out. So, um, but we'll look at a couple things uh, from that standpoint and. Um, 
you know, as much as they did it, I didn't, you know, as the times they did it yesterday, I don't think that was a uh, a huge difference in the game, though. But obviously, you know, uh, it, it does put some wear on him. Uh, Laurent Rice, as you mentioned, uh, just got in late. And again, it's hard to it's hard to judge because those are final two minutes of a, of a twenty five point game as opposed to, you know, maybe in the first half. But uh, when you went back and, and saw what he was able to do, what what you like most about it in that little blip? Yeah, I mean, um, it, it's hard to evaluate that that last yeah. three four minutes from that standpoint because of you know who's in and what you're doing. I tried to call a couple things. I just wanted to see him play downhill and. That's one of the things I think he has a great strength of is playing downhill. And, uh, you know, he's got some athleticism. He's got some uh, ability to get downhill and get to the paint. Uh, he's got an awkward, you know, I say awkward game, and I say it in a positive way from a standpoint of he loves to finish with his right hand, though he's a left-handed player. Right. And so, um, you know, which is a little bit unique from that standpoint. But, you know, he's a guy that, you know, as he continues to get bigger and stronger, uh, continues to work on his shot um you know can become a good player in this program uh you know i believe that um you know he's got the athleticism and the activity on the defensive end um you know it's just you know he's been behind a lot of upperclassmen sure you know this year and um it's just hard to play 11 12 guys sure I mean, it just that's not i just don't like playing like that you know i like you know if you look at the best teams i've had man i've had seven guys and so, um, but does it give of, you a little confidence though from just seeing yeah, him go see in there him and in, succeed? I see him in practice every, see him every day. day. Yeah. yeah, I see him in practice every day. So he's he's had some, you know, really good practices. And so, and like I said, I but if he wouldn't have played like that yesterday, I still have the same belief sure. in him going forward. Uh, you know, we just got to figure out, man, is there a way we can sneak him in in some meaningful minutes? Uh, it's SIU on Wednesday night in Carbondale. Obviously, the uh, the home game was awesome for about thirty minutes. Uh, in those thirty minutes, looking back at it, what did you like best about how you guys played? Yeah, I watched it this morning. You know, we were really good defensively. We were playing transition. Um, you know, the ball moved. Um, you know, we did a good job getting downhill and getting to the paint. Uh, we made some shots. Uh, you know, we we played really well, and then. You know, you go and the lead was 20, and then in two possessions it was 15. And, uh, you know, we missed some layups and free throws that really shrunk the game. And then once you get to the 10, it's it's not a 20-point game anymore. Right. It's 10 with 10 minutes to go. and That's a whole different basketball game. and uh, But still had plenty of opportunities at the end. Uh, uh, whether it was ugly getting there, you know, for 10 minutes or not, we still had opportunities. We missed a layup to take the lead with 20 seconds to go, and then they make a layup. Um, and so... Um, you know, but the free throw line and layups, you know, really hurt us, you know, in the, in the last 10 minutes of the game. And then, you know, watching this morning, you know, there was three or four possessions you wish you could take back, um, you know, but, you know, credit Southern Illinois, they didn't, they didn't go away and kind of let them get back in the game too really quickly. And, um, but we're very confident going to Carbondale. Like these guys have responded all year when everybody's kind of doubted us. Uh, you played a, a great player in Tucker DeVries. You're going to play another great player Wednesday night, Xavier Johnson. I, and I really thought you guys did a pretty good job. Obviously, he gets the game-winning bucket. But f- for the most part throughout the night, I thought for a guy that's such a, a high-usage guy for them and leading scorer, and, I mean, he was top five in the country when you played him. I thought you guys did a really good job bottling him up for the most part. Yeah, you know, I, I watched the game this morning, and, it, and I saw the stats. So I know he had six in the first half. I don't know what he had in the second half. He made a big three off an offensive rebound. Uh, he hit the game winner 
Uh, I'm not exactly sure what he finished with, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, you can do a great job, but you got to do the best job on the best players in the meaningful moments, in the big moments. And that's when we didn't do a great job on him. And we just got to do a good job of really taking away, you know, he's a terrific player. Uh, they do a lot of stuff through him, if not every, you know, if not 90% of the stuff. And, and so we just got to do a great job of taking away his right hand. Uh, they tried to really switch ball screens and they tried to get Alden and Justin on him a lot, try to tech that match up. And so we've got to, we've got to counter and, and uh, decide how we want to handle the guard-to-guard ball screens going into Carbondale. Wednesday night, SIU and Murray State at the Banterra Center. We'll see you there, Steve. Good okay, luck. thanks, Jeff. All right, there's Steve Prome. Uh, we come back, we'll talk with Murray State women's basketball coach Rochelle Turner. We'll do that next. You're listening to Racer Report Live from the Hot Pound Brew Pub in Murray. Welcome back to the Racer Report Live at the Hot Pound Brew Pub in Murray. Jeff Bidwell joined now by Murray State women's basketball coach Rochelle Turner. A disappointing week, certainly, um, with leads late against two of the best teams in this league, against Drake and Northern Iowa, and uh, was was struck by your comments Saturday afternoon that um, in a game that you're up 18 in the second half and you've got a chance and it just gets away that that uh, you took it and you stood out there and, and 100%, you know, in situations like that, there's lots of blame to go in a lot of different directions, but you just said, throw it all on my back. Why, why was that important for you in that moment? Well, I think the kids have to understand that um, they're playing pretty good basketball. And um, it's, a, it's all about the lens that you, that you look at this through. I was talking to Neil about this off air. And I was devastated Saturday when the game was over. There wasn't a whole lot of good going on um, in, in my mind or, you know, nobody really wanted to be around me. You can, you can ask my family. <laughs> um, but um, when you take a step back and you look at the big picture and you can find a, any type of resemblance of what's actually going on, then you say, wow, our kids are making progress. Our kids are putting ourselves in position. Our kids are giving ourselves a chance that we didn't have last year and that we haven't had it a lot of times this year. So you see the progress and you see the growth. So the last thing I want them to do is blame themselves. They put us in a position to win. I've got to find a way to help them get over that hump and help them play those last two or three minutes better and help them to learn how to win. That's my job. So that is on me. That's ultimately what I'm supposed to do. And so I didn't, didn't want them to hang their heads. I didn't want them to, to feel any sort of way other than, hey, man, we gave ourselves a chance to win against the two of the best teams in the league this week. We've got to build on this. You said after the game on Thursday night that we, inferring that we got a little tight down the stretch and it, it comes down to you've got to be willing to miss, but you've got to be willing to go make a play. And then to hear Caitlin Young after the game on Saturday just admit we got tight down the stretch. Uh, how do you fix that? It, I mean, it, it, we've seen it. We've seen it with the men uh, where it just some you, you lose all these close games, but you, you almost just you have to find a way to win one, and it kind of erases everything in the past that, hey, now we know we can do it. Is that is that really the only solution to it? Well, I think that, you know, we've got to go back and we've got to put them in those situations and practice more, and we've got to put them in, in situations where they have to make a certain play in a certain time. They've got to run a certain set. They've got to get a stop, big rebound, all kinds of different situations. So as a staff, we've got to do a better job of putting them in them 
and again, you cannot simulate game pressure in practice, but we can sure. try and we can work on those things. But it's a, it's a matter of faith over fear. And that's something that we try to teach in our program. That's something that I try to live by. And it's not always easy, and I understand that. But our kids have to understand that the worst thing that can happen to them in those last three minutes is they lose a basketball game. You know, they lose a basketball game. And so I think that so much pressure and so much stress is put on them that they don't see the big picture. They don't see that it's a game. We are trying the best we can to win. But guess what? So is the other team. The other team's trying to beat you or this wouldn't be a, be a competition. And I just think so much pressure is on their shoulders. And, my, you know, my husband made a good point when he was trying to talk me, you know, talk me down this weekend. And, and he said that realistically our expectation coming into this year should be 10 and 10 in the conference. You know, win more games than we did last year, try to finish, you know, 500 and then build on that going forward. But because we've seen so much progress. You made the mistake of winning too many games exactly, in the beginning. Yes. Because we made so much progress and the systems clicked quicker than we thought it, then our expectation goes to the ceiling. Well, when my expectation goes to the ceiling, the kid's expectation goes to the ceiling, and then here comes the, the undue pressure. Mm-hmm. So I think part of that is that we need to temper where we're at a little bit and understand that we're just going to play the next game, the next 40 minutes, and everything else will take care of itself. Hannah McKay misses the shot at the end, which could have tied the game at the end of regulation, and obviously walking off the floor devastated in that moment. She is a tough kid. She is a senior. She's seen all of it. Um, How do you expect her to be able to bounce back this week? Well, obviously, you know, I've had conversation with her. You're not, not going to let that go. And, I, and the first thing I said to her is there were 73 other shots taken in that game. Yeah. That just happened to be 74. So I try to make our kids understand that the first possession of the game and the last possession of the game all count the same. A free throw missed in the first minute is a free throw missed in the last minute. Obviously, when you're put in that spotlight and put on that stage, it doesn't feel that way. But, you know, without her rebounding, without the things that she did throughout the game, wouldn't have given us an opportunity to be in that position. So, again, you just have to remind them. And I, I think I said to her, if the worst thing that ever happens to you, hon, is you, you miss a shot that it causes us to lose a game, you're going to have a pretty good life. And I just think we – I mean, I'm, I'm the world's worst about blowing everything out, out of proportion. And, and so I'm, I need to practice what I preach. I mean, I think I say the right things to them, but I don't listen to, to myself and, and what I say. So we've just all kind of got to just get back together today and, and understand that uh, this is a process, and we've just got to keep working, and we've got to continue to play hard and give ourselves a chance. I know you are the president of the uh, No Moral Victories fan club. Uh, you went 0-4 last year against Drake in Northern Iowa and lost by an average of 26.5 points. This year you went 0-4 against Drake in Northern Iowa and lost by an average of 9, with three of them coming in single digits. We talked before about closing the gap. The gap's closing. I know you're not happy, but there has to be some sliver of sunshine in there that it's, it's, we're right there. You don't like we're right there because we're not, we're not all the way there, but... Tell me, just we've got a lot of happy people eating their lunch right now. Just you're, you're we're we're coming. First, we're coming. first thought that popped in my head. That's still zero and eight. I mean, you that's know, fair. I mean, I, that's, that, fair. that's first. That's the first that's thought. Fair. But that's fair. But you're you're not wrong. I mean, again, when you sit back and you look at the big picture of things, you can paint it any way you want to. You you know, quoting you know Monica, you can go down that rabbit hole if you want to. Yeah. 
or you can choose this other path. You know, you can continue to tell yourself you're not doing enough, you're not good enough, da-da-da, or you can choose this other path. And I think that that's kind of where this team is. It's kind of at a crossroads to, to realize we've gotten ourselves here. Now which way do we want to go from here? And uh, I believe in these kids, and I think, and I mean, they should be gaining belief from these games, not uh, feeling the pressure or not feeling like that they're not good enough. I mean, our belief and our confidence should be as high as it's ever been. So we're going to go back to work today, and we're going to keep trying to build them up and keep trying to put them in the best position possible to be successful. Much like my wife, I appreciate you telling me I'm not wrong, but not telling me I'm right. So thank you for that. Welcome. Thank you. All right, we come back with Rochelle Turner. We'll get you ready for Murray State and UIC up in the Windy City later on this week. That's next on the Racer Report Live from the Hot Pound Brew Pub. Welcome back to the Racer Report Live at the Hot Pound Brew Pub in Murray. Jeff Bidwell, Murray State women's basketball coach. Rochelle Turner, uh, we have reached the point now in the season where you've got six games left in the regular season. Have, have we... Have we reached scoreboard watching time? Have we reached standings watching time? Uh, or is it it's still maybe a week premature? Well, we knew how important Saturday's game was in the standings. I mean, I'm always you know going to be aware of that. I, I try not to talk about it a ton with our team, but we actually did talk about it a little bit about that this was a crucial, pivotal game for us. But, again, the more you talk about it, then that just adds pressure. And, yeah. and you truly have to take it one game at a time. Uh, yes. Would you rather prefer have the easier route in Moline that you're one of the top four seeds and you get a bye? Or would you, you know, have, rather have to play three games? I'm going to be honest with you. It's not going to matter if it's two, three. They're all going to be hard. It's all going to be difficult. And you have to be playing your best basketball and hitting on all cylinders when you get there. So I don't necessarily think that that matters other than the, the further you slip down in the standings, the harder, you know, it's going to be as far as the seeds that you have to play first and things like that. But, but ultimately, we've said all year long that this season and this, this is about us. And we have to focus on us. And we have to figure out our process and what it takes for us to be successful. So I think that we still have to stay there. I don't think we can start thinking about other teams or looking at other teams because we can only can control what we can control, and that's Thursday versus UIC. Uh, we've got Drake, Missouri State, Belmont. They seem, and a lot can happen in six games, they seem to be kind of locked in that cluster in the top three. Uh, and then it's Murray State, Illinois State, Northern Iowa, UIC, four through seven separated by one game. You only get UIC one time uh, coming up uh, this week. So obviously, to your point, an important game, but uh, we don't need to belabor it uh, with the ladies. But uh, what what uh, should we expect uh, playing the Flames up there this week? Well, it'd be tough. They're a very athletic uh, team. They get after you. They're big. Uh, they got a ton of transfers, a lot of Power 5 transfers. And I think that they're playing their best basketball right now because it's taken them all while to kind of all gel together. Yeah. But I do think that they're playing as well as they, as they have, and it's going to be at their place. That's going to be tough. And so, but again, we just have to go back. It's going to come down to making shots and rebounding the basketball and taking care of the basketball is what it's going to come down to versus them from everything that I can tell off the scout. Before I let you go, I just, I want to go back to a moment before Thursday night's game uh, with Drake as uh, Caitlin Young honored for 2,000 points. And we've seen a lot of these ceremonial ball situations over the years and and they're always great. But I think that the part that, that struck me was... You hand her the ball, you, you smile for your picture, and then she walks back to the bench, and those 14, 15 young ladies over there and the managers and everyone were just so ecstatic for her 
in that moment to celebrate her. And I just, it's been something that we've seen with this team really from day one of just how connected they have been. And, you know, it's a long season. I'm sure there's some ebbs and flows to that, but you've got a bunch that just seems to just love each other and love playing for each other and love watching each other succeed. We do, and I, and that's the thing that, you know, you've got to stay focused on. And, you know, Coach Prom uses it with his team, but you truly have to not care who gets the credit. And when you have someone like Caitlin that gets all the accolades, scores the points, preseason this, preseason that, you know, is going to get all kinds of individual honors, you're only that likable if you're Caitlin. You know what I mean? Because right. she, she's just not – she's the most humble, best player I've ever coached. She does not care who gets the credit. She just soon passed and scored, much to my dismay sometimes. Shoot the ball. Yeah, let's get the shot up. But, uh, but again, that's just a credit to her for who she is as an individual, but that's also a credit to our locker room for who they are. And so you do have to celebrate each other's success. You have to be all on the same page. We tell them all the time, you don't have to be best friends, but you got to be teammates. And so this is, this is a good group of teammates, and I'm really proud of how they represent us on and off the court. The Racers will be in Chicago Thursday night, 7 o'clock, ESPN Plus, taking on the flames of UIC. Rochelle Turner, have a good trip. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jeff. All right, there's Coach Turner. We come back, we'll talk some football as new Murray State head coach Jody Wright will join us. You're listening to the Racer Report live from the Hot Pound Brew Pub in Murray. Welcome back to the Racer Report live at the Hot Pound Brew Pub in Murray. Jeff Bidwell joined now by new Murray State football coach Jody Wright. Uh, January 13th, you were named the head coach here at Murray State or a month and six days beyond that. Um, Can you sum up in terms of chaos what your life has been like here in the last five, six weeks? Yeah, well, it's been busy, but very productive, very exciting time. You know, it's jumping in, getting all the staff hired, meeting the players, trying to finish up signing day, kind of seeing where we're at, where we got to go far as our roster and everything but really excited about getting ready to start spring ball but met a lot of great people and a lot of excitement right now for to get ready for spring ball and hopefully for a big fall how much sleep do you get a night uh, about four or five hours sometimes i try to get a little bit more but uh hopefully when i get moved and everything so i went got to go home for the first time last weekend a little bit of break after signing day so uh my wife's about to take her children to disney world this week but uh I'm not going to be making that trip. She's taking her sister, so they'll have a big time. So, I think you saved yourself. Buddy. I think you saved <laughs> I yourself. I, can, I don't know if I could have survived Disney World. But, uh, they'll uh, have fun. 19 hours a day. How much? Uh, how many of those 19 hours is that phone attached to your oh, ear or to your fingers? It was a lot. Trying to catch back up with all the text messages and players, and you know, we just got a new app. We started with our team. Team works out. It kind of helps us. With all our different, we had a training last week with all our players, kind of with their calendar and everybody kind of touches our football program they can connect to, just kind of streamlining some communication between staff and players and, and um, calendar and updates and everything that's going to make our lives a whole lot better, we believe. Well, you, again, took the job uh, January 13th, and, man, three weeks later it's, it's signing day, and you, you – you take a job, you're always hitting the ground running, but you're that close to signing day. It, it, it's a whole uh, other manic pace. Uh, you signed 10 kids. Yes. Um, I noticed eight of them were on offense. You got one athlete, uh, TBD, and then uh, one on defense. What was sort of the, 
your your attack plan for this first signing class in February? Well, you know, we, we basically it was it was tough trying to get some guys that were in the portal because of the late start and school almost right. starting. So you were kind of out on a lot of those guys. There was a few that you know will not be enrolling until June in the portal. We were able to hit on, and basically we tried to say, hey, any guys we thought we could get a steal on a high school player for whatever reason is still out there. A lot of them had bigger, you know, some of them had group of five and power five offers and they thought maybe I'm going to get an SEC offer or or something. And at at the end of the day, January and February, they end up the schools they were thought were going to offer them end up filling up. So we felt like we got some diamond in the rough, some really talented guys that we could not turn down uh, that we, we decided to take. And, you know, through some relationships we had in different States and coaches that, have been recruiting them, so we felt like we got some really, really nice additions um, to add. And of course, going through spring, we got to kind of see evaluate our roster here right. and kind of see what holes we got to fill for the fall. When you come from, hey, I'm in the SEC, and now I'm in the MVC, uh, and you have such a short window to go recruit. Where do you start? I mean, <laughs> is that is that from? Hey, we're gonna we're gonna deal with kids and try to get kids that we had relationships with hey maybe they're not an sec level kid and we can get them do you have to come here and you you look at what's left behind by the old staff with, with yeah. and and pick up some of those guys as well what what's sort of the, the ground one attack yeah. plan on that? you know basically what happened we had some guys like a jordan washington a running back we signed on helena alabama we were actually recruiting at the university of south carolina i was surprised he did not sign sec or or at least um you know right below um, he he was happened to still be out there, so there was a couple guys like him that we had on our radar. Um, you know, hiring Dustin Royson from Middle Tennessee State. He had a lot of guys they had um, been recruiting. You know, so a lot of names I, I'd known from South Carolina that maybe were not quite where we were ready to offer them. But you thought, man, you know, if the, if we lost a guy or something, they were kind of the next in line um, that we thought had a lot of SEC traits yeah. um, that we kind of were able to get on. Uh, Hussein Sims here, a tight end we signed out of Georgia, who's originally from um, the United Kingdom, a 6'5", 255-pound tight end we were able to get, was a guy we were recruiting at South Carolina. Um, Tyrell Campbell uh, was a running back um, that was originally committed to, um, he had a lot of offers, but he's from Canada that we were able to get. Uh, Jessel Mosley, a, a lineman out of LaGrange, Georgia, um, that Billy Napier, the head coach at Florida, his brother's head coach there. And Giselle had a lot of Division One offers, Georgia Southern, Liberty, a lot of different places, and kind of hadn't committed anywhere and was still floating out there. So we were able to get him. Um, Bryce Hampton, a big offensive lineman we signed out of um, Shippingsburg, a Division Two program that was actually in the portal um, that we were able to get um, that we thought got a really good player in him. Um, Baxter Wright. Uh, was a guy we got out of Gainesville, Georgia. This kind of a probably a guy that was playing quarterback for them that could play multiple positions. Um, so, and Blaine Burke was a running back that um, had originally was committed to Arkansas State, uh, but he had offers from Minnesota, West Virginia, and we'd seen him. I, we were recruiting him at South Carolina, and he was kind of the same deal. Maybe hoping he was going to get an Alabama Auburn offer, he didn't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, kind of fell through the cracks. So we um, were happy to happy to cash in on him trevor newell a tight end long snapper right here in clarksville tennessee um should bring a lot of value uh, Eldred green big receiver you know was a three-star prospect that um, won the georgia triple state jump championship so that was a lot of guys that we thought just some old-fashioned work and digging through the 
the weeds, you, as you would say, and, and find some sure. find some diamonds in the rough. Well, when we come back with uh, Coach Wright, we'll talk to him about some spring football, when we can expect to see the racers throw some pads on and uh, talk about his staff as well that uh, is, uh, we hope, just about completed to uh, get ready for that spring game. So we'll talk with Jody Wright, finish our conversation with him. When we come back, you're listening to the Racer Report Live from the Hot Pound Brew Pub in Murray. Welcome back to the Racer Report Live at the Hot Pound Brew Pub. Jeff Bidwell along with Murray State football coach Jody Wright. Uh, you've, we've seen all the releases coming out, uh, naming your uh, naming your staff, kind of trickling out one by one, but uh, now we're ready to go and uh, got some co-offensive coordinators, Adam Ross, Jimmy Ogle. Uh, I guess just first on that, how does the co-offensive coordinator yeah. thing work? How's, how's that going? You know, uh, both apply? of them. Uh, Adam was co-offense coordinator at University of Richmond this past season. Uh, they've had really successful teams there. Um, and Jimmy had been an offensive coordinator at Jacksonville State um, when they played for the national championship and FCS and also when they beat Florida State and some other big wins. He's had some number one offenses in the country, FCS. And they're both great friends. have coached together a long time. Um, and I, Jimmy actually coached me in college and then – Adam uh, was in my wedding, friend. So, um, you know, both them and Jimmy will probably end up being the main play caller. But just kind of Adam's more of the front guy and Jimmy with the skilled players. But they worked great together. They just left the office. They were already meeting, uh, kind of figuring out what, how we're going to collaborate and call certain formations and yep. different things. Um, but, you know, excited about both those guys. Um, you know, they've both been around a lot of successful offenses and, and especially in the FCS level, um, which will give us a great, great, great advantage. What's the offense that we should expect to yeah. see on Saturday afternoon? Yeah. You know, we want to be, I think we we need to be tempo, fast pace. Uh, in this conference right now, I think we're probably not built uh, to go, I would say, kind of line up and run line, you over. Line, run, yeah. <laughs> play bully ball, as I like to say. So we're going to be trying to take advantage of kind of um, some speed, that we're going to try to get and, and and but we want to be tempo play fast as much as we can so i think a lot of times when you can get a superior opponent tired you kind of equalize some different things or maybe if they're not lined up is right correctly every time you can get an advantage so we're going to definitely going to be always believe if you're not better you better be a little different um so while we're still building this roster and hopefully upgrading our talent we want to be want to be a little different and unique until we're better hopefully Ryan Smith, your defensive coordinator. What can you tell us about him? You know, Ryan, he had the number one defense in the country this past year in FCS football. He was at uh, FAMU. Um, they won the HBCU National Championship. Um, I believe they lost one game to South Florida. Uh, but he's he's been around a lot of good defenses. I've worked with him in Alabama and Florida. Um, but Ryan, he's a very attacking style, but uh, they'll be aggressive. Uh, we'll be penetrating and trying to make a lot of disruptive plays. Uh, but he is—he's very uh, unique, and and he likes for them to line up, and play fast, but also being aggressive and and not just stand back there and take punches. He's he's definitely going to be attacking and and does a lot of different things. I, I would more or less say it's simple for the players, but kind of complex for other teams' quarterbacks sure. and try to make a play left-handed. And but um, you know, one thing about Ryan, he's he's already—they uh, were in there meeting defense when I left a while ago, but he's. Um, these players are very excited to be around him and a lot of things he's already talked to him about. 
spring practice, uh, to your point, you, you, you made it when you were with us here a month ago. And yeah. you, you kind of slipped it in uh, a few minutes ago that that's a big time for you to kind of see what do we have? What do yep. we still need to go uh, be able to go out and get? What, what uh, from a calendar standpoint, when spring practice start and when yep. can we get excited for the spring game? We're going we're gonna to start up uh, March the 1st on a Friday. It'll be our first practice on helmets, and uh, anybody that wants to come out there and watch us, just come on over to the stadium anytime you want. And then uh, we'll be putting out a graphic and stuff a lot of our times. But um, Saturday, uh, the second, we'll practice. And then, you know, I wanted to get the whole spring ball done in, in the month of March. So basically um, that second week, March the 4th, um, and then we'll, be, we'll have a, our first scrimmage on March the 9th. And then we're going to practice – on March the 14th, right before spring break starts, um, we're going to have a little scrimmage underneath the lights of the stadium. So if anybody sees the lights on the stadium, come on by. Y'all can bring me some Cracker Barrel if you're across the street and uh, come watch a little spring ball. And then we're going to have our spring game March the 28th on a Thursday night um, at 6.30. I believe there's a baseball game at day at 5. So everybody come out get the baseball team going and then walk over to the spring game but I want to do a lot of exciting stuff getting students involved and different uh maybe even some different athletic teams but competitions and, yeah. and different things in between our timeouts and breaks but our main goal of the spring I told the coaches is keep it very simple and vanilla and find out who can block somebody and who can't be blocked on the defensive <laughs> side of the ball and who can catch a football and put it in the end zone and who can keep somebody from putting it in the end zone and and uh you know, that's basically our spring ball. We want everybody to be able to have a, a fair evaluation and where we can kind of see what, what we do have that we feel like we can go out and compete um, against the teams in this conference and where we're deficient and what we need to upgrade um, at certain positions. But I think we've got to use this time to teach some basic fundamentals and, and kind of teach everybody what to do, how to do it, and uh, why it's important they do it that way so they can go out there and play fast so we can get a proper evaluation and come out of spring with some confidence and be able to say we can execute something. And, you know, so we're going to be very, very vanilla, but we're going to come up with a couple good recipes. Last question before I let you go. Everybody's always worried about the quarterback. Yep. And uh, quarterback uh, last season's team got into the portal. Where, where are we at with it? Is your quarterback on the roster right now, or are we still, still looking around? Well, we've got, you know, a couple guys uh, that are – right now but we we're always you know as like i told the guys there's no there's no everybody's gonna have a clean slate there is no starting positions right now and you may be the starter day one of spring and you may be third string day two so everybody's got to compete and earn um we have you know had some guys a lot of quarterbacks reach out to us that um that will be that are currently in the portal um and you know there's couple still some high school guys floating out there but like i told the players you know any chance we have to increase competition increase the talent on this roster we're going to do so i would say everybody's gonna get a fair evaluation we'll probably rotate a lot of guys you know through the spring uh, to give everybody a fair chance and we don't really have a starter day one and then each day you know they'll have you know, I think quarterbacks, you kind of got to throw them out, I hate to say it, a little bit in the deep end and see yeah. who can swim. And, you know, sometimes you got to take the swimmies off and, and see who can. <laughs> I always say the way you get a good at playing football is playing football. So especially at the quarterback position, I think they've got to go out there because quarterback's position where you're in charge of the other ten. And yeah. I think sometimes you can look good in seven on seven or you can look good over there throwing a football in the air. But you got to take the other ten guys around you and 
the other 11 on defense are trying to do something. So the more times we can put them in situations where they get to do stuff they're actually going to do in football games, it's going to be our goal this spring. He's Jody Wright, Murray State head football coach, spring practice right around the corner. Thanks for the time today. Hopefully you get a nap soon, and uh, we'll oh, talk to you good. soon. March 28th, spring game, <laughs> 630. Need everybody there. Bring, bring, bring 50 friends, all right? There you go. Thanks, Coach. All <laughs> Thank right, you. there's Jody Wright. We come back. We'll wrap things up here on the Racer Report Live from the Hot Pound Brew Pub in Murray. Welcome back to the Racer Report Live, wrapping things up here at the Hop Hound Brew Pub in Murray. Busy week of basketball for both the men and the women. Uh, the men will be in Carbondale Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, taking on Southern Illinois and then back at home for a Saturday matinee uh, as they will play Valparaiso for the only time this season, 3 o'clock on Saturday. The women... Uh, they will be on the road again Thursday night up in Chicago taking on UIC. And then they will be home on Sunday uh, to take on the Bruins of Belmont. So a, a busy weekend at the bank for both the men and the women. Hope everybody uh, can come out there and support uh, the racers. That will do it for this edition of the Racer Report Live. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next Monday live at the Hot Pound Brew Pub in Murray.